0: Our sermon is from Matthew 7, the verses 24 and 25. Matthew 7, and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a man, to a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. So far, the theme for tonight, where. To build a house. Where to build a house? Three thoughts. In the first place, a sobering topic. So it's something to know where the house should be built. I think the background of this is verse 21. Sobering. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Secondly, the wisdom of building on the rock, in the verse 24 and 25. The wisdom of building upon the rock. And in the third place, the foolishness of building on the sand, verse 26 and 27. And one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So where do we build a house? A sobering topic, the wisdom of building upon the rock, and the foolishness of building on the sand. Congregation, I have preached a few times on the Sermon on the Mount, as you know. Beginning with the Beatitudes, continuing with so many practical issues about fasting and prayer and Judging and you name it. And closing with the two pieces we have been busy tonight. Closing with chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, about the fruits, and 23 through 28, about the building of the house. I think this was chosen for a refreshing service. Tonight, a reflection service. It's our custom to do that every time that we have the Lord's Supper in the morning. We reflect also upon it in the evening. And what is it about? Why do we do that? Well, to examine ourselves again. We've not hurt. Would it. And secondly, to also be thankful. Be thankfulness. Gratitude is expressed in obedience, and it's all about obedience. Also to encourage God's people to live holy lifestyles. They will benefit from that. will to God's glory, they will hopefully win other people over. And also benefits the soul of God's people. A holy life gives us so much spiritual income. But again, this last piece of the the round is a parable, right? The parable of the builders upon the rock and the sand. And parables are difficult. You may think parables are easy, simple. but also difficult to explain. But you may think that in this parable it's all about building on the rock, building on the salvation of the Lord Jesus. And that is not correct. I hope to show you that. Of course, the Lord Jesus is the rock of salvation. Of course, he needs to be the foundation of salvation. There's no other foundation that can be laid. But in this chapter, it is a little different. And fortunately, the Lord Jesus has explained the parable himself. So let us look at the explanation of it and then go back to the sovereign thought. Whosoever he will be saint of mine, and do with them. I will liken him unto a wise man, who has built his house upon the rock. So who is building the house upon the rock? People that not only hear also do. Not only talk and confess and profess and evangelize and preach. And talk about it all the time. But they also practice the religion. Therefore, whosoever hears these say of mine, all the sayings of previous chapters, therefore, whosoever hears these things of mine and do with them. And in the next verses, and everyone that hear this this of mind and do it or not. That is the person building on the sand. He hears it. And he's not doing it. It is foolishness. And it is wise to not only hear it, but also do it. So the building on the rock and building on the sand is obedience or disobedience. And it also Connects with 1st 21 again. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the King of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. So it is in this last speech of the sermon about doing the will of the Father. That is bearing on the rock. That is not been on the sand. that is rise <clears throat> But let's go back to verse 21. "Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Some people say unto Christ, "Lord, Lord, with such respect they speak and to him with appreciation. They don't say man or sir, they say Lord. Not everyone that says the Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So as I indicated before, this is about people who are quite dedicated to the Lord. People who are very connected to Him and follow Him and say, Lord, Lord, thrice, Lord, Lord. Say emphasis on their confession. they that's, that's, that's their life. The life is saying, Lord, Lord. They profess Him, they confess Him, they believe in Him, they trust Him. They, they talk all the time about it. Lord, 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 Lord fantastic, you say. Finally, some people who are dedicated and mean it and speak so respectfully about the Lord. But not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, it's possible. It's possible that someone is a pastor or evangelist or a teacher or a mother attending Lord's service a father professing and, and at home and at work and in the church, in church they, they, they always speak about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But what about their heart? What about their actions? What about their lifestyle? What about their obedience? Are they building upon the rock? Are they, have they changed? Do they have a new heart? Do they speak in such a way that they hate hate sin? Do they hate sin? And do they love righteousness? And does it hurt them when they sin again? Are they holy people? Or, they well, indifferent mean, people speaking well of Jesus, but there's a leak in the ship. Speaking Lord, Lord, but there's yet something wrong that is not healed. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. So see those people, say, Lord, Lord, our preachers, have we not prophesied in thy name? And more, they have cast out devils And they've done many wonderful works. Those are top Christians, super Christians. It looks so great. They say, Lord, and Lord, and they prophesy in his name three times. It says, in thy name. Have you not prophesied in the name? and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. See? Sobering. They are looked at as God's people. People view them as very pious and Bible-abiding people. And what does it say and then the I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye did work iniquity. How is that possible? That some people so close, you would say to the Lord, and say, Lord, Lord, and in his name do wonderful things, in his name prophesy, in his name cast out devils. And st- Still unchanged heart. Still something wrong. And two ships can resemble each other. can be identical. But one can have a leak. And that sinks. And it can also be that someone looks like a beautiful house. And it was built on the sand. And nobody knows that. You don't see that from the outside. It does not become public either, as long as there's no storm. So, how do you feel that, about that? That is possible. At least we still should, should should keep that possibility open. That people are that we are deceiving ourselves. That is possible, right? I, mean, I don't think we should tell it all the time and be always negative. But once in a while, we may just address that. And just we should examine our own hearts and say, Lord, is it I? Because the Lord Jesus also told disciples, One of you will betray me. And they all said, Is it I? Many parables of the Lord Jesus are about that subject. Where does the seed fall? Do you have the bridal garment on? So many of the parables are about this subject. Sovereign. So very religious people, very dedicated, and yet... They have no new heart, and they work iniquity. They work lawlessness. And then did I profess unto them? Then? When? When they die. When they come before the gate. And then it's happening. And then did I profess unto them? I never knew you. In Jerusalem it says, I never even knew you. How do you explain that? The Lord not knowing someone? He knows everyone. He knows you, he knows me. So how can it say and that the Lord says, I don't know you? you never, never met, you're stranger to me. The Lord knows all people, right? So how can the Lord say, I don't know you? He knows everyone. Let me give an example about the word to know. Sometimes young people have a long-distance relationship. And the pen say, don't marry yet." Just wait a little longer. You don't know each other. But I know who it is. Yeah, but you don't know him. You don't know her yet. Be careful. It is quite a major decision. You have to find out, do I know the person? And by the way, when do we know someone? So to know it sometimes, not know who it is, But to know someone does in the Bible, having a relationship with, to know someone personally. So the Lord says, "I profess unto them, I never knew you. We never had closeness. We never intimate. We never personal. So the Lord knew that person." But it was not close to the person. It was distance between the Lord and the person, and there was a, a coldness. There was no warmth there. So I understand that it's possible that someone says, "Lord, Lord," and His name is doing many things in His name, and the. People think this is absolutely fantastic. He is she is a Christian finally so delicate and so busy with those things that must be from the Lord. The Lord saying not per se you can have a good appearance and miss the point. And then I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. One of the most painful verse in the Bible. Depart from me. Go away. Go away. The Lord stating that to people that are so close to them, they thought, "Go away. Depart from me." And you think about that. Do you feel? Do you say, there is such a fearful thing that, oh, terrible. I may end up in hell. Or do you feel the sadness? I say, Lord, if that will be true. Oh, I will miss thee. It will be so horrible. Don't say that to me, I don't know you. I like to know you. I like to know thee, Lord. May I know thee and that God may know me and may know each other. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So the people that will say, Lord, Lord, and it's so many things in the name of the Lord, yet a working iniquity, and they did not live real holy lives. The bridge to the world was not up, was not connecting, so they were without the Lord. Important, therefore, that we not only find Christ, not only know our sins, but also that we love holiness. We need to be enemies of our sin. If you have one sin you're friends with. You are in this category. You work iniquity. As soon as sins you don't fight, so secret sins you just get free hand, you miss the point. You can say, Lord, Lord, whatever you want. It won't help you. You need to know your sins. We don't talk about it now. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. But also this, you need to live holy lives. And it's quite a number of things in the middle piece of the Sermon on the Mount about that. Be angry with your brother, with other cause. is a sin. Committing adultery in your heart with the Divorce for other reasons than fornication, someone smiting you on the cheek, then the other cheek turning to him, to give alms in secret, to pray privately, to not fast as the hypocrites, lay have tragedy in heaven. I would say, read this soon on the Mount, three chapters, five, six, seven, and find out if you live accordingly, if you just live also a holy life. We need three things, right? To know our misery and to find salvation in the Lord Jesus. But also this. You also read in the Bible and other places. For example, Galatians 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Or Titus 2 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Who gave himself for us? That he might redeem us from our iniquity and purify unto us and himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So sobering thought. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Let's go to the second thought Building a good foundation. Therefore, See in verse 24. Therefore, hearing all this, therefore, whosoever hear these say the mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who has built his house upon the rock. Someone is building a house not on the sand. With a sturdy, firm foundation on the rock. And that requires some extra work. That means that they have to dig. And that is what you also read in the Gospel going to Luke that they need to dig deep in order to find the rock. Here it is, Luke 6. By kindly, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. Whosoever cometh to me and hear my sayings and do them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. So that is what they should do to dig deep and lay the foundation on the rock. Now you say but is that yet not the Lord Jesus then? You have to dig deep and hit the rock bar and hit hit the the rock Jesus. I know why you're saying that. And it makes little sense as well. But in the context. Building on the rock is being busy also with hating sin. Mortify your old nature. Pulling out your eye instead of sinning. It is the good fight of faith. That is it in this context. To dig deep and to seek the rock. Therefore, whosoever hear the sayings of mine endure them. I will liken him to a wise man. That's, That's wisdom. It is absolute foolishness to be pious and to profess and to be inconsistent and being a hypocrite. And the Lord knows. He knows that very well. So we need true repentance. We need the willingness to walk in the ways of the Lord. We need the choice. Choose ye today whom you'll serve. And your lifestyle is included there. Not that we can mail anything with that. Not that we can make some points. Not that God's people can send themselves out of God's grace. No. But it is yet a very serious thing. So I see that man digging deep until there's a rock and he lays the foundation. He is not done very quickly. I wondered if I can spiritualize that. He goes slow. Is that what the Bible says? They go slow. I don't know for sure here, but I know from another parable that something went too fast. Right? You know this thin layer of topsoil? The seed fall in there, and it germinated and sprang up. It sat in the earth anon, A-N-O-N, anon, immediately. And I believe it is John Calvin, I remember now, who says, early ripe, early rotten. And that is generally true. So the farmer who sees that all the seeds are germinating and the field is green, he might not be too happy and and know from experience. It looks great, and then the sun comes up, it's all been wilting. Anyway, sometimes the Lord works faster, sometimes slower. Right? We all agree on that. But it needs to be taken seriously. We need to dig deep. We need to take our time. We need to examine our hearts. And that's why our forefathers sometimes said, let it overwinter. Let it oversummer. Let us see what it is. So that means that our new converts in the creation, we are positive. We are not negative. Not hammering it down. Not discouraging. But yet, careful, and loving. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. That is digging deep in the first place. Or John 6, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him has God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him what shall we do that he might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. See? So the work is also to believe. So the believing is also similar in that digging. There is also the will of God. Doing the will of God is digging deep. So, having a relationship with Him is important. It is not so that digging deep and living a holy life makes you close to the Lord. No, it is the other way. Close to the Lord gives you a holy life, it is the opposite. But then, how silly it is. from a world of iniquity, and here the man is building the house on the rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. What is that? Well, that can be something minor or more seriously could be temptations and illnesses and losses and problems in this life and just having difficult times difficult times sometimes show the true man show the true person but for sure it is also the death you know you know that people are dying right sometimes younger sometimes older you hope that it passes by but someday it will come for sure and then the books will be opened and then the floods come and the winds blow and beat upon that house and it fell not. For those founded upon a rock. That is God's people. Found on the rock, not persuaded the Lord Jesus, but yet connected to the and they are safe in the hands of the triune God. For his glory. And then building a good foundation. Let us have a look at verse 26. And everyone that heareth, these saith of mine, and doeth them not, shall be like it, unto the foolish man has built his house upon the sand. Everyone that hearing these things, hearing is absolutely important. Hearing is not enough. The faith is by hearing. That's by hearing the gospel and seeing the gospel in the sacraments is adamant. It's important, but. Faith is by healing, by reading the Bible. So also you who did not attend this morning. Keep in mind that it's beginning by healing. So far you hear and you don't do it. You need a heart for that. But nevertheless, think about that, that you hear the and take it to heart. Everyone that he will deceive the mind and do it or not. Blatantly or hypocritically or unconsciously. There are many different ways we can deceive ourselves. He should be likened to a foolish man has built his house upon the sand. Don't do that. It might go well for a while. Nobody might notice a while. You may feel comfortable for a while. You don't see any difference between your house and that house. Built upon the rock. But you have to keep in mind that someday it will begin to rain. And there's such a flood that it is important to have your house built upon the fundament, the foundation. Verse 77, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. I thought about that. What does that mean? A great fall and a less great fall. How does it work? Well, if I have a glass, glass, I hand and standing before the kitchen sink, and I drop it, it might not break. It is just a small fall. Maybe it is broken into three pieces. But if I step back and it falls on the kitchen floor, it might be um, more damaging. Pieces everywhere. And then if we throw it up on the parking lot and just let it down, come down, it is this scarlet. There's nothing left of it. Is that the meaning? That house falls. Falls from such a height, so deep, there's nothing left. It is so broken that this Explaining the severity of the wrath of God. It tells us something about hell. Who in the Bible spoke the most about hell? Moses? Adam? Abraham? Paul? No. Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the one who spoke the most about hell. It's out, out, out of his mouth. And the fall was great. great. Crashing. And the Lord Jesus is speaking still to us tonight. Because it is love. Because it is grace. And the Lord warns us. Don't let it happen to you that your fall, with your house will be great. Think about it. Don't put it aside. Realize it and let it affect you. And ask the Lord for the application of the Holy Spirit. But don't underestimate it. But you will be. You stand before the door of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it, from from such turn away. What a contrast! There are unbelievers, and believers, and make believers. So let us not be a make believer either. Believing is required. It's a command to repent to believe. But don't solve that with faking it. Don't solve it making it phony and forced and not fulfilled. It needs to be real. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like to a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he behold himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was but who so looketh into the perfect law of, of liberty and continueth in, he being not a forgetful hearer, but the doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and brighter not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. See that it is from James one. It is about doing, not deceiving yourself. So building on the rock is obedience. It's doing the will of God. And why is it so important to do the will of God? To also be saved, right? It is to God's glory. It is blasphemous when the world and the church sees God's people for a living sin is not to God's glory. It does not win people over. So live in such a way with so much kindness and love that you win people over. And they say, I like to know your God. And also, don't forget that if we live a holy life, people of God, if you add to your faith virtue, to your virtue love and holiness, it will not leave you barren and unfruitful in the knowledge. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is rewarding holiness. Rewarding? Yeah. He gives his people more spiritual income. If they live a sloppy life, there is more doubt. And the more careful they live and closer to the Lord, the more assurance they receive We're going to close. Ezekiel 33. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they heed thy words. Ezekiel 33. And they heed thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth, they show much of love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. See? Reality, reality. So it is all ladies, ladies for the Lord. You say, "Lord, I don't want to deceive myself and ask the Lord for an answer and read the Bible and answer there you're not deceiving yourself because it's not worth it and you don't want your fall to be great young people children you have seen something this morning of the Lord's Supper attending the Lord's Supper is not the most important thing no and the Lord gives you a new heart your biggest question is not, I want to go to the Lord's Supper. No. But then the Lord stops you, you yet become jealous of that people. You say, they have something. I don't have. You begin to seek it. I would say, seek it. It's worth it. If you have to dig deep, seek him and live. Amen.